0: Live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio, and the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now,
1: here is Armstrong and Getty.
0: got a text from the white flash. He's uh, locked out, evidently. Not clear whether he's just locked out of the studios or uh, standing there in the entry. Oh, there he is. Never mind. <laughs> a trying place. to determine how far locked out you were, like, of the building or just no, the uh, the studio? Just right over there. Ah, Pounding okay. on the door. You know, one thing you can
1: always count on, though, and I'm happy that this happened, but it's kind of funny. You know, we have locks on the doors for protecting something. But if you knock on the door, somebody will open it. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Absolutely. That's our crack
1: security system. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, welcome to the show. Today we're under the tutelage of our general manager.
0: You know, I, I think I want to go with critical race theory, even though it's, you know, around here it's a little, uh, it's, a, it's a well-worn topic. I have, I, I just, I'm getting the feeling it is starting to penetrate the American consciousness. People are finally starting to realize Wait, it's not just, like, not being a racist. This is something new and weird. Yeah, I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts the
1: other day, and this was all Harvard lawyers, and they were talking about, this is just so tired. I mean, we, we went through this at Harvard in the early 90s. These discussions have been had, and I thought, okay, because it was a thing for you at Harvard in the early 90s, we're all tired of this. I guarantee you, up until the last couple of weeks, most people had never even heard of critical race theory, let alone heard all the arguments. And had the debate. Oh, that's tiny, tiny percentage of the population. And apologies to all of those of you who went to Harvard and are tired of the topic because we discussed it in the early 90s. Um, so that's kind of funny. Uh, yeah. So we never talked anything about that dang bill that they voted on yesterday that uh, stopped at the, the, the vote of 50-50. It had to be 60-40. To get it to continue, it's every media outlet um, portrays it as interprets it as a voting rights legislation
0: mm-hmm. when
1: it was uh, an attempt for the federal government to take over elections from the states, which most people think is unconstitutional. Anyway, even if it passed, it the the, the Supreme Court would say no. The, the the it's in the Constitution. States decide how they're going to vote. Right. But we had a record turnout last uh, election among mm-hmm. all demographic groups and genders. Record right. turnout. What is the whole voter suppression thing? I just, I don't, I don't
0: get it. Plus, it doesn't make any difference. States get to do it. It's a state thing. Yeah, I haven't been paying attention to it very much for that very reason. It's never going to go anywhere. Although I, you know, that's often a mistake, especially these days because uh, an idea that starts with uh, starts as utterly unworkable, stupid, ridiculous, it it starts to gain momentum and before you know it people take it more seriously and are, are twisting themselves into unconstitutional knots to get it done. All it is, as you point out, is a federalizing of all elections to concentrate more power in Washington D.C. The founding fathers wanted to balance the federal government with the states powers so that the federal
1: government didn't run over the entire country but anyway well, so we, well
0: yeah let me point out that if you concentrate all of the electoral power the electing the 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 power to run elections I should say in one place in one set of hands that makes it possible for that set of hands to defraud the entire country
1: So that's our coverage of that. We gave you two and a half minutes on a topic that for a lot of cable news channels and for a lot of radio shows has been every hour for several weeks. But That is our two and a half minute breakdown of that. Uh, It was unconstitutional. It was never going to go anywhere at the end. It's virtue signaling. It's, It's pandering to the base. So I heard a report, at least in some areas of the country where the COVID is going up, virtually every case is people that didn't get vaccinated. -hmm. Of course. Not surprisingly. Yeah, it's not surprising. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to do. You got the new variant going around. Just take your chances. I mean, if you're if you're not
0: if you're not old and you're healthy, you'll be fine probably if you get it. So, yeah, probably. Although the lasting damage this beast can cause is really troubling. It's in a low percentage of cases, but it's it's a little bit scary. On the other hand, because we are actually fair and balanced, I have a really good uh, little look at the risks to the vaccine. Okay. There apparently are some. It's been understudied and underpublicized. Because our public messaging is purpose messaging these days. It's not getting you the facts so you can decide. It's it's crafting the message so that you will do what the powers that be want you to do. In, in the case of the vaccine, I think it's probably a good idea to go ahead and get it. But, again, uh, people differ. But there appear to be some uh, very rare but significant risks. Another
1: topic to get to, um, as we keep pointing out, crime is uh, climbing the ladder as the most important topic for people in america because crime has gone up so much and our perception that crime has gone up so much is there also well so the president was going to give a big speech He's going to give a big speech on crime and i thought okay it would be interesting to see how and it's going to be all about guns apparently of course all right okay so all the car break-ins
0: in san francisco are a gun law problem sure and And virtually every uh, shooting in chicago with a gun is with an illegal gun
1: Anyway, we'll so.
0: see what he has to say about that. You know, it's teamwork that makes the dream work. That's why we introduce everybody in
1: the squad to kick off the show. There's our technical director, Michelangelo. Pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers, running some sort of foot pedals like it's a church organ. How are you this morning, Michael? i got to admit, I'm a little stiff and
0: tired. I had to sleep all night on an air mattress and... uh Oh, do tell. What did, on the outs with the missus?
2: Oh, the old no. lady
1: had you in the doghouse. No, no, nothing like that. Cuz this is a cartoon from the
0: 60s. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Actually, we're getting a new bed today and uh so I had to move it, you know, get it ready because it's coming, you know, while I'm here at work and so I had to have the area clear and so I had to bring out the air mattress and sleep on that. So. Right.
1: And you but, don't sleep well on air mattresses? No, not particularly. I am fortunate that I can sleep well anywhere. I could lay down on this floor right now and go to sleep right now while you guys are talking. I'm just a good at sleeping. Wow. that's a up. gift.
2: Uh, yeah, standing up would be like hard. A horse. I yeah. might have to get strapped to something so I don't fall over. As long as as, if, if I'm leaning against something, I'll be good. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're a gate-to-gate guy when it comes to sleeping on airplanes, yeah. which a sleep, is miraculous.
2: I'm asleep before it leaves, and somebody <laughs> has to wake me up when we land. It's practically transportation or teleportation. <laughs> it really is. It's yeah. like being teleported. Unfortunately, I got woken up by the sound of our female cat throwing up, which is even oh. which was just wonderful. Yeah, and You're of course, bad. I woke up the wife and said, "Your cat's throwing up." So, it's interesting her cat. you would mention your, the sex uh, of the cat. Is, the
1: cat? Yeah, the your, cat does not like me. I like use waking her up and saying your cat is throwing up. <laughs> yeah, it's her cat. <laughs> ah. <laughs> oh. I don't know that I've heard a cat throw up. I know what a dog throwing up sounds like. It's probably similar. It is. <laughs> uh, there is Positive Sean,
2: whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing quite well. It was uh, this day in history, uh, June the 23rd in 1989, that Tim Burton's Batman was released. And I believe that to be probably the the agent zero of the whole comic book uh, takeover of Hollywood that eventually uh, we find ourselves in today. Where I think you're right. If you want any sort of movie made, you have to figure out how to make a comic book character the center of it. And it was a darker take on the Batman saga.
1: And from uh, my, re- you know, it's just in the last year or so that I started watching these comic book movies because my son got to the age where he wanted to watch them, so I watch them with him.
2: And it seems pretty clear that all the big I have s- no kids. I've seen them all multiple times.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, seem- child? it seems that all the big stars in Hollywood decided, I guess if I want to work, I got to be in one of these because every one of them I watch, I think, wow, what's he, do? what's she, what's that?
2: what the heck? Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> and they also decided if I'd like to be wealthy for the rest of my life, I could right. go ahead and throw on this wacky suit and pretend to be the penguin for, you know, six weeks of filming, for yeah. instance.
2: I'm fairly certain... Robert
1: Robert Redford? I remember thinking that first time when I was watching uh, Captain America. Robert
2: Redford! Yeah, just as a one-of in one of the movies. And then uh, I'm fairly certain Robert Downey Jr. filmed, I don't know, the last 12 of those movies in a closet that was just a green screen. I don't even know if he had to be on (laughs) set for any of this stuff. Wow. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this is How Did It Already Get to Be Wednesday, June
0: 23rd, the year 2021. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's begin now officially according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark.
1: Crowder waiting with it, lobs it underneath. Yes!
0: It's, it's good. DeAndre Aiden scores the basket over
1: the rim and in. DeAndre Aiden put it over the rim and in. The players are out on the floor. Oh, brother. What else can you say? The final score. Suns win it. Suns 104. LA Clippers 103. You gotta like a game winning on an alley oop. That's cool. Wow. Hey, wait, hold on. I'm supposed to play this.
2: I'm, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but I'm quitting. Nah, nice. So. Joe's. Uh,
1: yeah, Sean's. Sean's quitting. So slacker. His <laughs> mind is elsewhere.
2: Favorite stat of the night from last night's wonderfully entertaining basketball game, but the last 90 seconds of the game took 33 real-time minutes. Wow. There were as many reviews. See, that's, that's yeah. So, uh, so ain't nobody got time for that. There were as Don't, many reviews <laughs> as field goals made. Don't even get me started.
1: And I know I'm in the minority on that. Get rid of the reviews. Every time I is kind of now a casual sports fan, I used to be a super sports fan, I wouldn't have missed a single NBA playoff game at all. But I watched one the other night, and I thought, oh, that's right. They review these things now. So you have the big exciting moment. And then everybody stands around for uh, for three, four, five minutes, and it doesn't count. Oh, or it does count. Yay! What was we what
0: were we reviewing again? I don't even remember. And and uh, what did you say? The final ninety seconds took thirty three minutes.
2: That's ridiculous. Yes. Ninety seconds oh. of the game took thirty three real time minutes. Five reviews. Five field goals and, made.
1: And as a giant NBA fan, how many major calls do we all discuss that, that changed history that we wish we could? I don't have any at the top of my head. They didn't always get the calls right, but whatever. You move on; it's no big deal. It's, it's an it's a TV show. Quit trying to get it perfectly right and make it more entertaining, which makes it which would mean making it faster. I hate the reviews. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. It's em. like
0: after every punchline in Friends, you had. We're going to pause now as yep. a group of sociologists assess whether Joey and Ross's relationship is realistic. The way I see it is that the Joey character represents the end of man for ten freaking minutes. Those of you who are in the crowd of whether it's baseball or football or whatever, well, it's important
1: you get the call right. You're wrong. You're wrong. It's entertainment. Your ratings are going down, and I have a feeling this has got something to do with it because everything just got slowed down and mucked up, and ah, I hate it.
0: Anyway. Slowing it down for the 21st century. Yeah. Good marketing plan. Um, How does mailbag look? Oh please! Are you kidding me? I, I, it's reputation precedes
1: it. That's an interesting stat. Last ninety seconds took over a half an hour. You can't do Boots. that. Boo is right. All right, our text line is four one five two nine five KFTC. We'll get to the news of the day because that's what we do. <laughs>
0: The
2: Armstrong
1: and Getty Show. Background checks on guns. The buying of guns stopped more gun purchases last year than any year in history. Although that's mostly just because... People attempted to buy more guns last year than any year in history.
0: by a lot because it became clear that the authorities viewed keeping order as an option, right? Not a duty and, which, and indeed, which is they almost, were cowed into that position in a lot of a lot of places.
1: Yeah, which is almost never mentioned. Whenever I hear the story about record gun sales, there, it's a reaction to seeing looting in your town, like blocks from where you live, and nobody doing anything about it. That's what's making people buy guns.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Those, uh, those truths are a little inconvenient to the narrative, so they don't get much airtime. Well, they do here, by God. And so does the freedom-loving quote of the day. Thomas Jefferson, from the letters of Thomas Jefferson. I know no safe depository of the ultimate powers of the society, but the people themselves. And if we think them not enlightened enough to exercise their control... With a wholesome discretion, the remedy is not to take it from them, but to inform their discretion by education. This is the true corrective of abuses of constitutional power. Power to the people, says TJ. I'm a little behind today, just throwing mailbag together. I I flipped on my computer today, and it said uh, printer is in an error state. And I thought, let's see. Most people make uh, errors of of judgment in Nevada, so evidently my printer is in Nevada. It's my only conclusion. But I'm, I have mailbag ready, I think. Mailbag. Mail, mail, mailbag. Yada-da-da. Da. You bastards, writes Jerry. Mm. I played an entire round of disc golf with that stupid raining tacos song in my head. By the way, Jack should try disc golf with his kids.
1: Yeah, it's funny. That came up just the other day. We were at a park where they had the disc golf poles, and I thought we should go to the big five sporting goods and get ourselves one of those special disc golf frisbees. It's fun yeah. Time. It's fun. Yep, yep, fun for uh, folks of all ages. I think I've only done it once, and it was like a backpack full of beers, and it was a completely different thing than going with my kids.
0: Uh, Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, Let's see, Longtime listener, first-time mailbagger, Paul Anonymous, writes, uh, here's the solution to who can compete in which sports. Solution to the transgender controversy. We no longer refer to sports as girls, boys, men's, women's. From now on, it'll be double X chromosome or XY chromosome. Got a why you're in this sport, No why the other sport, period. Some high school sports may be double X plus XY sports. Uh, I see. Uh, Locker rooms, XX or XY. Done. Moving on. Then we got this from uh, Marky in beautiful Denver, Colorado, uh, who is a transgender fan of the Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm a fan because I agree with you about 70% of the time. That's not a bad batting average. No, it's not. I just wonder, I mean, if you uh, agreed with us 100% of the time, that'd be a little weird and off-putting. I mean, especially because I will change my mind. And then if you change your mind along with me, that's more stalking <laughs> than friendship. I don't agree with myself 100% of the yeah, time. Exactly. Right. So, Marky, we admire your independence. Anyway, I just wonder if there's any room in your ideology for the fact that most trans people don't want to be in the Olympics or make it unfair. I'll finish the note, then respond. Uh, we just need some space in the world to live, work, raise our families, and be reasonably free from violence. Is that fair? Maybe that's all the IOC is trying to establish, too. Transgender suicides are an epidemic. Sorry if the weightlifting competition is skewed. But what are the Olympics really for? <laughs> you know, I'll grant you that. There are very, very few parts of life where I would suggest any sort of thinking at all about transgender folks other than they're human beings and they deserve 100% of their human rights and constitutional rights. I would say in athletic competitions where a former fella brings greater bone density, muscle mass, the rest of it, you gotta let the gals compete on their own. That's like the only limitation. So is there room in our ideology for the fact that most people just want to have a happy, violence free life? Of course there is. Of course. And if we gave any other impression, I apologize for that, although I'm not sure we did. Uh, let's see. Speaking of apologies, uh, with apologies to the great Irish playwright Samuel Beckett. Sean, we must go on without you. We can't go on without you. We will go on without you. Best, adi- best wishes and adieu. Mm. That's uh, Barry from Thailand. I like that word, adieu. Adieu. That's French for see
2: ya. <laughs> Later, nerd.
1: Not if I see you first That is one of my favorite Samuel Beckett Phrases from a play uh, I can't go on, I'll go on Which is a good one for a lot of things in life True that Hong Kong, one of the great cities of the world Is no longer Among other things on the way
0: Armstrong and Getty The Armstrong and Getty Show. President Biden is reportedly planning to announce a strategy to reduce gun violence this summer. But before you give him too much credit, the plan is free knives.
2: (laughs) Before you give him too much credit, the rusty razor blade plan.
0: And they in those days, used to remember the straight race, you'd bang them on the curb, get them rusty, put them in a rain barrel, (laughs) get them rusty. Good times.
1: Yeah, I remember that. I've got more on guns in just a second. Record number of uh, people denied guns due to background checks, which is probably a good thing, but anyway, we'll talk about that in a second. Also, uh, why single people smell different and uh, the most mispronounced words. So we'll get to those.
0: Wow. Okay. As a grammar national socialist, I can't wait for the mispronounced words one.
1: Uh, trying to decide
0: what order to do this. I guess I'll go with the kind of
1: breaking news out of Hong Kong. The pro-democracy Hong Kong newspaper, the Apple Daily. It's got nothing to do with Apple, the company that makes iPhones. That's in bed with the communists. Uh, the Apple Daily there in Hong Kong is closing down after 26 years following the arrest of its executives under China's new national security law. So the pro-democracy newspaper is done, and uh, Ian Bremmer is kind of signaling this as the official end of Hong Kong as uh, the world knew it. One of the greatest cities that ever came to be in the history of the planet is now just part of China. As he said, winner, Beijing, loser, press freedom, democracy, and Hong Kong. So that's that.
0: And I find it, myself thinking back to when it was announced that the British were giving Hong Kong back and the Chinese said, yeah, 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 two uh, two systems, uh, one country. Well, it's fine. We'll just let it be. And I, rem- I wonder what the attitudes were among the millions of Hong Kongers at that point, if they trusted the communists or didn't, if they were optimistic or, or what.
1: Well, it was up until fairly recently that I thought, well, oh, it seems to be working more or less okay. Um, but uh, when China decided they wanted to take it, they took it. And the, the, to me, the most interesting part of the story is how the world kind of yawns. Uh, one of the biggest financial markets in the world, uh, a beacon of freedom in the middle of a communist, uh, uh, whatever.
0: Taking a nap. Well, I think part of it's there there are no uh, alternatives. What are you going to do? Hey, I think there'd be a little more noise about it, wouldn't you? Well, I know in the U.S., one of our most serious diseases is taking liberty for granted. People don't understand what it means, I think. So that's that.
1: So as I mentioned, in 2020, background checks blocked the most gun sales ever, quite possibly until this year, because we're still setting records every month with gun sales. As we mentioned earlier, uh, what's leading to gun sales, and this is left out of the story all the time, is people looking around them and seeing that there's mayhem, and the police either don't do anything about it or aren't allowed to do anything about it depending on where you live. So, uh-huh. there's that. The number of people stopped from buying guns through the background check system hit an all-time high of more than 300,000 last year. I mean, a surge of firearm sales, breaking, just smashing all records. Uh, the FBI numbers provided to the Associated Press show that background checks blocked nearly twice as many gun sales in 2020 as the year before, but they say that just keeps in line with the record sales surge. So, about twice as many guns were sold in 2020 as 2019. So, obviously, the background check thing went up. About 42% of those denials were because the would-be buyers had felony convictions on their records and weren't supposed to get a gun. So, that's pretty much
0: the way it's supposed to work. It's an interesting move as a convicted felon to go ahead and do the paperwork. Maybe they just hadn't heard. Or does
1: it work, you know, does it work enough of the time that you just try several times? And eventually you get a gun. Yeah, or, I do or, or your felon buddy said, Yeah, I went over there and bought a gun. Nothing happened. Hmm. The increase in blocked gun sales largely tracks with the record setting sales, as I said. Uh, blah, blah, blah. It comes as Congress. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to skip that. Um, Blah, blah, blah. Okay, but the Everytown's research found that 16% of would be gun buyers in 2020 were prohibited by state law. State laws like extreme risk protection orders or red flag orders, which we've heard a lot about. Another twelve percent were related to domestic violence. You're involved in that, and then you can't buy a gun. So I don't know. All of those could get a little sketchyish and be in the eye of the beholder. The just plain you're a felon. Those are the laws on the books. If you don't like them, we'll have to change the laws.
0: Uh, I certainly understand the very good intent on denying people who have been uh, involved in domestic violence a firearm, so it does not escalate to the truly horrific. But uh, is it is it got to be a conviction everywhere? Because, I mean, an accusation doesn't mean anything in right. terms of your constitutional nope, rights.
1: No, it doesn't. It absolutely doesn't.
0: You know, and it's a troubling thing, and I, I understand there's there's a part of me that just wants to shut up and keep uh, generally the woman uh, safe, but I don't know. You just can't play fast and loose with constitutional issues like that.
1: So they, uh, speaking of law and order in New York, they voted for mayor yesterday in the first uh, uh, the, the test, at least in New York City of uh, rank-choice voting, in Eric Adams, the former uh, police captain and running on law and order, won pretty handily, or at least had the most first, most of the, the I-choose-him-first votes. Eric Adams at 32%. Uh, distant, but in second place, the socialists take a billion dollars out of the NYPD, Maya Wiley who was endorsed by AOC, and is just a crazy person. The story that came out over the weekend that might have hurt some of her votes, I don't know if you saw this, typical of these sorts of people, she lives in a gated community... That have guards at the gate to make sure nobody gets in. Oh, so nice. So she wants to take a billion dollars <laughs> oh, out of the NYPD, but she lives in a gated community. This is a thing Tucker Carlson's always talking about: the rich and powerful who uh, who 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 think we're being too tough on homeless by you know by by booting them off the streets or wanted to fund the police or all these different kinds of things. They live in uh, gated communities and have their own police force, more or less. Right. And I well, know people around, they don't have to worry
0: about the cops, none of this stuff. And as you often point out, uh, the, uh, the, the great leaders that, that direct us through our pathetic little lives and are in favor of open borders, they never have their neighborhood uh, flooded with people who don't speak the language, don't know the culture, depend on social services, the rest of it. They've heard about it. They've heard rumors about it, but they've never seen it. One of the problems with ranked choice voting is it takes long to
1: figure out who's going to win. So in a normal election, Eric Adams would just be the winner, but because it's ranked choice, they have to tabulate all this stuff. And even though he had about a ten point lead over second place, they said it's going to take weeks before the mayoral primary winner can be announced. Is that because How of all? How can that your, be? Is that because of all your... there's, there's computer programs, right? There's got to be an app for that. God, you would think the computer would just crunch that immediately. Yeah, I don't eliminate know, the
0: bottom to, but, to two bo- vote-getters. Where so, did their second-place votes go?
1: But so explain to me how he couldn't win. So if if he was, like, nobody's second choice, and Maya Wiley got all the second-choice votes and a whole bunch of third... Po- and that she could win? Is that the way yeah. you look at it? Essentially, yeah.
0: Yeah. Once they're... The, the people who had, like, the bottom... I don't know how many votes... how many uh, candidates they eliminate in the first round, but say it was two... If uh, every single one of those people then turned to their second choice, because their first choice was was booted out, and every single one of those was the crazy socialist woman in the gated community, then presumably she'd win.
1: Andrew Yang, who led in the polls for much of the election, he uh, is the only one who conceded last night. He came in at 11 points, but he said, I am not going to be the mayor of New York and conceded because he's that kind of guy. But it's interesting, just on name recognition, he ran in first place for a long time. Plus, and this is no fault of his, his... um, he just was his message might have got him mayor a year ago or two years ago. But the crime wave overtook the election. And the guy that ran from the beginning on law and order, the former police chief, just seemed, you know, right for the moment, which is the way elections often work. This is worth pointing out, though. While the socialist finished second in that race, a socialist candidate stunned in Buffalo, India Walton, a progressive challenger running her first campaign campaign as a socialist, is on track to become the first socialist mayor of a big city in 60 years in the United States of America. Buffalo will have the first
0: socialist mayor in this country in a city of any size in 60 years. Wow, that's got to just be a symptom of tiny, tiny turnout. You know, her activist crazy supporters turned out. Mr. and Mrs. Buffalo uh, ignored it probably, like they do most primary elections. I would think. I mean, is Buffalo some some center of of Soviet thought? I don't Not know that I'm that. aware of. And what was the
1: one other thing I wanted to go to? Oh, I mean, this was worth mentioning just because I saw it up on the TV. Uh, they're making a big deal out of the fact that the uh, a high proportion of people getting the COVID now are younger and black. Uh, it also fits in with the demographics of people who are not getting the vaccine. For some reason, the media is uh, really into the whole Trump voters won't get the vaccine. But when it comes to
0: black people not getting the vaccine, it's some other reason. Well, it's explained by a very reasonable suspicion of the medical establishment because of historical inequities, blah, blah, blah. Some of which, you know, may be legitimate, but a lot of it's like 125 years ago. Well, it's just, um, it's
1: just a fact that the, the two most likely groups to decide I don't want to get the vaccine are black males and uh, and uh, uh,
0: lower income white males. Right. And as I was starting to say, if it's the black folks, they search for perfectly reasonable academic sounding explanations. If it's the Trump voters, it's cause they're stupid. They're just dumb. Stupid, stupid Trump voters. Smart, skeptical black people. I mean, it's just so pathetic. Speaking of controversial issues, uh, final note on the whole transgender thing. Uh, really interesting editorial written by a transgender fellow in Newsweek. We featured parts of it yesterday, uh, but he makes some really, really important points that uh, and I want everybody to hear. Cool. We'll do that, among other things. And I got
1: why single people smell different, and just for Joe, because this scratches him where he itches, the ten most mispronounced words.
0: Yes. Yes. Can't at wait.
1: L- at least four of them I do regularly. Oh boy! Mm-hmm. I get
0: your word straight, Jack.
1: One of well, them, I, one of them, I don't even know what it is, so I don't
0: ever, <laughs> I don't ever say it. So, okay. Well, I appreciate you doing this to save me the, you know, squirming every time I hear it. <laughs> it must be torture. <laughs> it's very, very hard. Um, our text line is four one five two
1: nine five KFTC. Armstrong. getty show the country of china is currently engaged in the biggest public relations campaign in world history oh interesting way to look at it and they're good at it and the world needs to be aware of it and uh kudos to the new york times for the work that they've put in on uh, digging this up we'll talk about it in hour two i suppose and it's all about the uyghurs and the concentration camps and everything
0: and speaking of that sort of thing, messaging and propaganda, what are the risks of the vaccine? What do we know at this point? What are we looking into? Um, there have been so many uh, sorts of opinions that are declared uh, um, forbidden. You're not allowed to express them. How dare you suggest that perhaps the virus leaked from the Wuhan Institute? We're going to silence you. Well, we're not going to engage in that. We're not going to uh, you know, have the ends justify the means. We're going to give you the full picture, let you decide. So stay tuned for that as well. Wanted to bring this to you. It's a it's a piece written in Newsweek by a forty eight year old uh, transgender male who went through an absolute medical nightmare and looked into it and realized that so much of the transgender stuff, the surgery, the medicine, it's experimental and there are no standards. There are no you know baselines for care and the rest of it. Remember that, that was f- one. Of... Remember that famous book that that, that that was written about that and Amazon banned it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, it's amazing. And, And then, uh, the the other area of concern he writes about is how once you express interest in, in perhaps you, maybe I should transition, maybe I'm, I have gender dysphoria uh that you get swept up into this uh onto this conveyor belt of enthusiasm and the counseling and the meetings are just encouraging you nobody ever says well wait a minute there might be other issues going on here and uh I'll I'll pick it up from there what he writes transactivist tout studies that show medically transitioning gender questioning children improves mental health but those studies have often been retracted and those retractions underreported by the media Moreover, no long-term studies have been conducted on children who grow up without the benefit of natural puberty. Talking about the puberty blockers. No studies at all have been done on detransitioners, people who return to identifying as their natal sex. What are the psychological effects? No one has a clue, and researchers are too often shut down by cancel culture for even raising the questions. Peer-reviewed studies show a shocking correlation between gender dysphoria and autism, depression, anxiety, eating disorders, and other comorbidities. Additionally, it seems that many of these children are simply gay. Could pushing people on a one-way path to medical transition be a different form of conversion therapy? I think it is, for, for completely
1: different reasons, but I think it's not shocking to me at all that uh, an effeminate boy that's just gay, but he identifies more with the girls because I've known I've known gay guys who say, yeah, I like to play with dolls. And that was my first, you know, inkling. And my parents noticed I played with the dolls of the girls and the boys, you know, then they he wasn't a female trapped in a male body. He was just gay. Right. And for whatever reason, had
0: more effeminate, you know, leanings. And it's it's a weird sort of uh of prejudice that, OK, if you are that sort of a guy, you're not a guy at all. I mean, that's like ugly stuff of the past.
1: Yeah, it is, it is ugly stuff of the past. It's a weird, um, you can't be an effeminate male. Okay. We had to, we, we got past that. And here for like a, the last two decades, we've been okay with the effeminate male and particularly being gay effeminate male. Now we've decided if you're an effeminate male, no, you'll clearly need some sort of surgery and need to just change into a different person. Right. And he goes on and to some write. Some people do, but not nearly the numbers
0: that we're seeing. Right. We need to ask and study these hard questions for the good of all children. But we're not. Not in the mainstream media and certainly not in President Joe Biden's new administration. And here's an irony, folks. America is proceeding down its path of total affirmation, just as other countries are restoring greater balance. This past December, the U.K. High Court of Justice ruled that puberty blockers for minors are both experimental and a one-way ticket to permanent transition. Finland in 2020 completely overhauled its approach to treating minors with gender dysphoria, prioritizing psychotherapeutic, non-invasive interventions, and recognizing that adolescence is a time of major identity exploration. Yeah, Don't make permanent decisions as a teenager, in other words. Sweden, of all places, conducting a systematic literature review of the scientific basis of the long-term effects on physical and mental health of puberty blockers and hormones. The researcher who championed the Dutch Protocol, which was like super liberal for uh, transgender stuff, recently called for a rethink. Said, we have to take a serious look at what we've been doing. We've gone too far. While other research is beginning to show that the current one-size-fits-all status quo is too limited. Uh, so if we're now waking up to the fact that gender dysphoria is oversimplistically conflated with transgenderism, medical treatments have understudied long-term consequences, some are getting rich off transgender medicine, and detransitioners are speaking up in skyrocketing numbers, why are we only making it easier for children to unquestionably transition?
1: God, it's just horrible to think about, you know, all the steps forward that had been taken so that if you, you know, if you're a, a teenager figuring this out and you realize you're gay or you're not like most of your friends are or whatever but now this whole thing gets thrown on top of it
0: oh my god
1: right right that's right.
0: brutal well and and this gent um he wrote that he finally realized he just couldn't accept himself as a masculine lesbian and he thought, no, that can't be right. I just, no, 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 no. I know what it is. It's gender dysphoria. So for some people, psychologically, and I'm not going to dig deep because I don't have the ability nor the, you know, the personal knowledge to do it. But for some people, it's easier to accept that, oh, I'm meant to be a dude than, no, I'm a woman. I'm just fairly masculine and I'm a lesbian. I, whether it's social pressure or I, I don't know what it is, but. I'll tell you one thing to take away from this 100%. And he, he writes about this eloquently, and it's posted under hotlinks at armstrongandgetty.com. We need to slow down, particularly when it comes to kids. No rushing kids along the conveyor belt. If they got a transition, they can do it when they're adults. Boy, our society's weird in so many ways. We get whipped up into enthusiasms. And just go way too far. Hey, i got to call an
1: audible. There's something we, we meant to do early today. we got to do next segment uh, to kick got off it. the second hour. And that's the shocking stats out of a Harvard study about immigration policies. Oh, right. Completely different than what you would, uh, would be led to believe by uh, the media, cable news, everything you're hearing. Uh, i got, I got the list of the most irritating mispronunciations. Top ten. Mo- top of it is pacifically instead of Specifically. <laughs> i don't hang around with people who say that now probably a probably instead of probably is just being in a hurry i don't think that's a mispronunciation so if much.
2: i'm boating to hawaii i specifically take the Pacific the ocean <laughs> right
1: right <laughs> exactly i'll get to more of those next hour they'll make joe angrier as we get further down the list <laughs> catch every hour on the podcast armstrong and
0: armstrong and getty